One of the regular conversations we have at Stats and Stories is how to improve stats education, both for people who want to be statisticians as well as for people who need to be able to understand data for their jobs or just to be able to go about their daily lives. The Consortium for the Advancement of Undergraduate Statistics Education has been working on this issue for the last 20 years. Its work is the focus of this episode of Stats and Stories, where we explore the statistics behind the stories and the stories behind the statistics. I'm Rosemary Pennington. Stats and Stories is a production of Miami University's Departments of Statistics and Media, Journalism, and Film, as well as the American Statistical Association. Joining me is regular panelist John Baylor, Chair of Miami Statistics Department. Our guest today is Dennis Pearl. Pearl is Professor of Statistics at Pennsylvania State University and Director of the Consortium for the Advancement of Undergraduate Statistics Education, or CAUSE. Pearl's education work centers on building a national infrastructure to support stats instructors, developing resources for instructors in both statistics and probability education, and developing and testing new pedagogical methods. Dennis, thank you so much for joining us today. And thanks so much for having me. This is going to be fun. I wondered if you could just get started explaining how statistics education became a focus for you. Um, Well, it kind of became a focus as a grad student, I guess you'd say, when I was teaching at University of California, Berkeley with the Freeman, Pisani, and Purvis were writing their book, and I was a TA for them. and, And they really brought to the fore sort of the ideas of how you can explain statistical concepts without formulas and teach it for an arts and humanities group. And the fact that that is really a, a deep course, not not something to be taken lightly. And and that sort of got me interested in pedagogy and teaching teaching a subject that most students feel is, is, a, is another math class, and it, and it really isn't. You know, to continue on this theme of origin stories, Dennis, uh, can you talk a little bit about how that that interest evolved and ultimately emerged in, in, with, with a passion as part of cause? Well, I was always kind of interested in resources and teaching statistics. You know, I had developed a number of technological resources. Uh, uh, the project I worked on in the 1980s and 90s with the uh, Bill Knotts and Elizabeth Stasny at, at Ohio State when we were developing the Electronic Encyclopedia of Statistics Examples and Exercises are Easy, and working with Paul Velleman, who was also uh, insightful enough to say, hey, we need to put this on the web, and he sort of created a uh, project called Dazzle Data and Story Library that he that he put up that was sort of the easy stories that we had done. The easy, easy had all these uh, component parts. We, we would have a, a background on the on the kind of real example. We would have the protocol that was used for collecting the data. We would have a number of questions and uh, guidance for instructors and so forth. And and we put all that stuff together. And in those days, it was HyperCard on the, on the Macs and things like that. And so we were real kind of interested in supplying resources to people. And, um, and then, you know, that kind of just grew on me that we wanted to, to set up something, you know, people, uh, teach but don't have the time to develop these kinds of things. You know, I'm sort of privileged being a university professor with uh, the type of class loads that allows you time for research. And, you know, after you get tenure and so forth, you have you have the ability to do these kinds of things. And, you know, that together with meeting people from the statistics education community really 
took things off for, for me when I sort of bridged my knowledge of statistics and my interest in providing technological resources for, for teaching and, and then meeting people like Joan Garfield and George Cobb and, and all these uh, people that this field has been based on. Just as a quick follow-up, um, you know, it, it's it's fun to hear you mention like the Dazzle Library, the Data and Stories Library. I, I remember as an, an early, in, early in my career as an instructor, you know, thinking that 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 I that uh, I had been given a gift from the gods when I when I found when I found this because you know, so Rosemary, this was a, a really cool resource that there were. It was topical, so it could have different application areas, but it was also methodological. So you could say, well, I want to find this example that has uses regression and, you know, I don't know, in geology. And then you could and then it would say, here's some of the tools and techniques. And so you could find these really neat, neat examples and resources. And and, and I, I thought that was such a tremendous gift to the the community to have this resource available for instructors and and for students to to kind of think about how they might use it in areas of interest and it seems like that's something that cause has embraced and and promoted throughout its its existence is, is that does that ring true yeah that's exactly right i mean the whole thing is is the idea of providing infrastructure both resources professional development opportunities connections of people to people with through conferences, both electronic and in-person, and all those kinds of things that allow you to develop a community rather than just have a bunch of people reinventing the wheel everywhere, which which is not a good model. And education just is not very efficient in that regard um, with people reinventing things in, you know, in a hundred different places all over the country and sharing very little, you know, there's not, there's a, an attitude of volunteering and sharing that people want to but it doesn't get shared. In other words, it doesn't really happen unless unless you have these sort of central places to look to and so forth. Could you talk about how CAUSE got started? And I'm looking at the, the list of institutional members, and it's, you know, it's quite a number of universities that are um, associated with CAUSE. So could you talk about how it got started and maybe sort of what the expectations are if you sign on to become a, a cause member, are you sharing resources? Are you sharing so like how does that work if you're part of this yeah. this sort web? Of started a little more than twenty years ago when we were first having these organizational meetings. Uh, Deb Rumsey and Joan Garfield initially got a uh, member initiative grant. I forgot what they were called in those days from ASA to uh, organize some sort of a web portal for statistics. Uh, Jackie Dietz, who had just come off of being the editor of the Journal of Statistics Education was going to be the editor of this and Deb was going to be the, the director of the organization. And then things sort of changed a little bit. Deb was having uh, her, her first child or, and uh, Jackie was unable to, to be the editor. And so I got turned to, I, I ended up being the, the director. And, and so that sort of became where I got involved and and where it took off was that the NSF was having a national uh, NSDL National Science Digital Library I think it was co uh, competition um, for people to to provide in different um, uh, disciplines and so we sort of put in a, an application to be the NSDL library for statistics and statistics education research I, I wrote that grant with Rod Woodard and who was at Ohio State at the time. And so so we got that grant, which allowed us to sort of build the website, uh, causeweb.org. And, and then so that once that started, then 
the next thing was we want to uh, hold conferences. Deb Rumsey uh, was, uh, took the lead on developing the USCOT series of con conferences, which happens every other year and odd numbered years, the US Conference on Teaching Statistics. And her and I wrote a grant for getting a, we called it a Cosmos grant and came with Tom Short. Tom and I wrote a, a grant called the Causeway Grant, which developed workshops. And so we had the website, the conference series, the workshops. We developed a program for faculty communities. Um, and then the memberships came about, that's what you were talking about, the institutional memberships. In about 2006, uh, Dick Schaefer was on our board of directors and said, you know, this organization really needs a charter and we need some uh, way to sort of make it a permanent, uh, a permanent thing. And, and um, with Dick's guidance, we developed the system of of institutional members where the institutions say, well, yeah, we support the mission of cause and we will support people in our department who work on statistics education. That was extremely important to us that that faculty get supported by their departments, that being in statistic education is not a something that hurts their tenure prospects, but enhances them. And so we wanted to get departments to sign on to that kind of statement. So joining cause as an institutional member is free but the institution has to be committed to supporting the mission and signing off uh, a memorandum of understanding saying that they do and so that was that was the number one thing that we wanted to have happen so you know we we talked about kind of some of the standard things that that one might expect in in an organization like this the the idea of having you know conferences or trainings or other kinds of you know touchstones of what we'd expect or how to promote uh, research and stat education i i'd like to just change gears a little bit to talk about something that you have that i don't think many others have it and that is a fun collection of tools and resources for this. I mean, I, I know Rosemary's going, what? <laughs> Fun and statistics? This doesn't make, you know, this runs completely counter to my, my interactions with John, you know, uh, but, but, uh, <laughs> but. I know a lot about puns and statistics because of working oh, with you. <laughs> hey, you know, and, and that actually ties into the caption contest for the cartoons that they run each month. It, it does very much so. So, so can you talk a little bit about, you know, the, the fact that you've, that, that cause sponsors this idea of a fun collection. What are some of the things that show up there? And, and you know, maybe help us dive in a little bit to some of the, some aspects of these. So uh, the fun collection is something that I do with uh, Larry Lesser from University of Texas, El Paso. Uh, we have a collection of about a thousand items now uh, and growing. I'm, I'm, it would grow faster if I had the time to go in and enter them, darn it. But you know what, about a quarter of the collection are cartoons, another quarter of the collection is um, songs and videos, and another quarter of the collection is quotes. Our, our quote collection, we make a, uh, a really strong effort to be sure that we have uh, quotes by women. Um, which isn't usually happening, and especially in the uh, STEM disciplines. So normal collections usually see about 5% of the quotes coming from women. And, and we have a rule that minimum in the collection could be 30, would be 30%, and, and uh, new items have to be at least at a 50% ratio. So, so we have a more diverse collection than most people would have in terms of, of quotes. So that's 
one kind of a thing. So those are the three big items. And then we have uh, poems, we have artwork, we have short stories, we have magic tricks, we have puzzles. We have a variety of other kinds of things that, and games, uh, things that are sort of in that, in that fun style. Uh, Larry and I maintain the collection. We have the items, we have uh, teaching notes that go with it, and uh, all the resources are free. All of them are, are okay to use uh, in the class. Uh, many of the items require um, royalty payments for commercial entities to use them. But just for your own teaching and so forth, every single item in there has been pre-approved, pre, you know, we've always, all the authors have given us permission to use them in the classroom. And so we're really, you know, proud of the collection overall. And then Larry and I also write a series of articles for the journal Teaching Statistics, an international journal that covers sort of K through 12 as well as uh, the intro course. So it's sort of K through 19, I guess they, they sort of say. And so that's, that journal publishes three times a year. So, so each issue of the journal, we, we provide another column on how to use fun in teaching for a particular topics. So we've covered the census, we've covered sampling, we've covered regression, we've covered correlation, we've covered hypothesis testing, we've covered probability, we've covered sampling, uh, we've covered Simpson's paradox, we're working on statistical summaries and then measurement and so, so forth. And, and those columns give our best teaching guidance overall because there we specify here's all the learning objectives, here's stuff you could use to teach those learning objectives, here's brief suggestions for how to do it, and, and then once in a while we'll put up some extra supplementary materials along with those too. You're listening to Stats and Stories, and today we're talking to Dennis Pearl of Penn State about statistics education and CauseWeb. You mentioned music, and so I have a music education major child, and I'm curious if you could talk about this Voices program that I was kind of digging around on your website looking at and explain what that is and, and, and how it is used to teach stats. Yeah, I mean, so um, we do... Uh, use music and teaching statistics. We've done some experiments to show its efficacy. We had a nice um, experiment with an NSF grant, the Uplift Project, where we put items um, on the web so that a student would be randomized as to whether they saw the song as the thing that they were learning the content from or whether they saw a sort of a written expository thing with maybe a maybe a, a graphic in it or something like that. Now, of course, these is all no more than five minutes, right? A song is like a typically about a three-minute thing. So, um, And then we would have assessment items on the final or midterms covering those same learning objectives that the song was about. And we found that this group learning through the song did about 7% better on those items. So you're talking half a letter grade. Overall, some of the songs did better than others. You know, the best one did 13% better and the worst one did maybe minus 1% worse or something, but there was about seven songs studied and uh, they just did better. And so then we went on from there to do some other work in, in songs and finally got into a interdisciplinary group that's called Voices, virtual ongoing uh, interactions with uh, you know, colleagues and other fields. And we've seen that this is a popular way to learn. You know, people kind of think of it as just something for 
for kindergarten or something, but it really at the college level can, can really help teach some good conceptual items. I want to see John singing at the front of a classroom and trying to explain a, a statistical formula through song. <laughs> you know, at Rosemary, and I want to see you do interpretive dance to teach intro journalism. Um, so that's... <laughs> okay. <laughs> we do have dance in there as, as one of our categories, actually. I, I was looking at the dancing frequency distribution before we, we started this call. So. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, there's a lot of clever people around the world, right? I mean... And so to see that product, I think, think that was out of England, uh, where she has this dance group, like to, like to illustrate variation, you can have some group of dancers where they're sort of doing the same movements over and over and over, and others that do much more varied movements. And then you're trying to comment on, well, what's the difference between how these people are moving and how these people are moving? And, you know, to illustrate variation, that's a really nice, really nice technique. And uh, she has four videos in our collection, uh, one on correlation, one on variation, one on location. I can't remember the fourth one right now, but the point is, is that she's got them and she's written these lesson plans. And where else are you going to find those unless, you know, or, or know to even look for them unless you have a collection yeah. like ours. So. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I I love these categories. And by the way, Rosemary, my my grandfather, when he was in elementary school, the choir teacher said that if he would just stand there and be quiet, he would get a C. But if he kept singing, he would fail. So, <laughs> and I think I may have my grandfather's voice. So that that probably is not a. That would be exactly what would happen with with me and my voice. So so that is a a pretty crucial point in addressing what Rosemary pointed out, and that is that. We wanted to do this so that it would be for everybody, not for just those that have the talent to go forward and, and are enough of an extrovert to, to you know, play the guitar for their class and so forth. So all of our songs have recordings. Um, we have a, the commercial music program at University of Texas, El Paso. They will record any of the songs that we ask them to for nice. inexpensively, gives the students there some credits. We pay them, but also, you know, here they've done something that's that's being used by a national organization. And then we also have lots of songs that are actually written by professionals and people that, that do this kind of thing for a living and are willing to share uh, for classroom use. So just as a, as a, a follow-up, I, I mean, I, I've enjoyed the, the aspects of, of seeing like the magic trick with Mark, Mark Glickman doing some things that was really very clever. I mean, I thought it was really neat ideas of, of introducing probability ideas through through some of those demonstrations uh, that was that was very nice the cartoons are, are fun too where, where you have a contest that's engaging the larger public where people will write captions to try to have a learning outcome that's associated with statistics as they as they build these captions I, I i would like to ask just just to give us an example of you know if you were teaching a class on some topic you know how you might integrate whether it's a, a song snippet or a cartoon caption or you know some of these other components or quotes or poems or others how do you how do you bring that in and kind of integrate that into to how you do your your instruction cartoon side i usually have cartoons at the beginning of a of a lecture period and then i introduce a topic by saying you know we're going to talk about this you know and, and then sort of reference the reference the joke they've just seen you know maybe the cartoon with uh, Thomas Jefferson saying that he wrote the Declaration of Independence because he was afraid of conditional probability that, uh, and then you know say that this is what we're going to talk about today. So that kind of a of a thing would be sort of like a, a the intro of a lecture kind of a usage, and you know it's it's up there on the screen while I'm preparing my technology in front of the room and so forth. 
another use might be in a homework assignment. For example, uh, the song I, I wrote, um, Old Time Random Poll, that's going uh, as a, along with the music of uh, Old Time Rock and Roll. And, you know, we had that sung by one of these UTEP students, you know, a really terrific song. And it covers areas of polling that people don't usually cover in, a, in an intro class, like how low response rates require uh, weighting of samples, and that that's kind of, a, of an important topic that isn't usually covered very much in, in uh, intro statistics classes. And we do is I'll have a, a lab assignment where students search for polls on the internet or in the media, and then, we, and then they're discussed in the lab. And then um, we'll have sort of four main polls that are selected from the ones students um, picked, and then we'll discuss those, and we'll bring out specific points, right, in those discussions in lab. And then the assignment here is, okay, listen to this song, look at the lyrics, tell me what part of these lyrics go along with the real examples we discussed in lab, so that they have to make the transfer from a concept in one context to a concept in another context. And so that's a, a you know, a, a really nice assignment. Uh, students enjoy listening to the song and, and so forth. And so that would be another, another way. Um, in that series of articles I mentioned that Larry and I do for teaching statistics, we also tend to blend the fun items with other things, like integrate it as part of one lesson, listen to the song, play this, and then also use this app on the on the web to study this concept that was discussed in, in the song or in the joke or whatever whatever fun items we're doing. So we like to pair these things. Very good. I, I, I'm glad to hear that you're, you're getting all these, these columns and teaching statistics. My, my former ISI colleague, the, uh, Helen McGillivray, was the ISI president that I had been on the executive committee with. And so she does, she does great work with that. Yeah, and I, I love the fact <laughs> it, it challenges me when we have to do it for an international audience. Yes, um, it's yes, not just yes, it's yes. not just spelling things O U R instead of O R at the end. It's it's <laughs> you know it's like uh, the type of examples you use. Uh, does this word mean the same thing in Africa as it does in the United States or in yeah. England yeah, yeah, and so yeah. forth? And and uh, that takes a lot of careful thought when we're doing those things. So I you know with the the, the thing I wanted to follow up with. You've done all this stuff with Causeweb, and and the the impact is it's it's outstanding. So that, congratulations on this um, this incredibly important contribution. And I was I was thinking about my 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 friend and colleague here, Rosemary, and in her department they have methods classes too. And uh, it's true throughout throughout universities. And as as you well know, you know statistics is rarely taught only in the stat department or in a math and stat department. So so does does Cause have some kind of impact has it grown has it has it found a home in some of these other methods classes and other departments i think so i mean clearly our the main group that's sort of linked in with the organization gets linked in via being members of other organizations and tend to see our our stuff there um, but there altogether there's about 20,000 instructors in the united states that teach uh, undergraduate statistics uh, or undergraduate statistics courses like ap classes and our um, e-news list goes out to 5,000 of them. So we're looking at, at somehow reaching about a quarter of the total. Now, conditional on whether they're in the social sciences versus, versus in statistics or data science programs nowadays, I mean, obviously we don't do as well in, in those groups. But 
it, it is something that we try to reach out for when we can. So I got. I have a quick follow up that you just said something that I. So Rosemary's giving me the. I'm, I'm getting the email. I, it's, it's not. It's not a stats and stories recording if I don't get at least one glare from from Rosemary. So now the question is, you know, where does data science songs come into this, or the 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 uh, the fun part of this with cause that's going to hit some data science topics? Yeah. Well, I mean, are, obviously those are more are newer and and coming along, coming along. Now we do have a, a few in the in the collection, and again, I these are the types of things where okay, I got to add these things into the collection that that are building up uh, in the inbox uh, because a lot of the new ones uh, follow that line. Now, in terms of quotes, that is exactly where a lot of the new quotes are coming up, uh, especially when I when I work to add quotes from female authors, I am going to search a lot of the new female data sciences scientists and, and that's uh, sort of where how that's happening how that's happening well that's all the time we have for this episode of stats and stories dennis thank you so much for joining us today and thank you thanks dennis Stats and Stories is a partnership between Miami University's Departments of Statistics and Media, Journalism, and Film and the American Statistical Association. You can follow us on Twitter at Stats and Stories, Apple Podcast, or other places where you can find podcasts. If you'd like to share your thoughts on the program, send your email to statsandstories at miamioh.edu or check us out at statsandstories.net. And be sure to listen for future editions of Stats and Stories, where we discuss the statistics behind the stories and the stories behind the statistics.